Hey, welcome back to episode three of the Stop Drinking Coach podcast. I'm your host and the Stop Drinking Coach, Bardia Rez. I'm so glad that you're here with me. Um, in today's episode, I want to talk about a very important topic that is near and dear to my heart that has been the central theme of my life and part of the reason um, I was so driven to get sober, and that is alcohol and potential. And in this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about how alcohol truly is the secret sort of thing in our society. It's the pink elephant in the room that is the number one stealer of potential in human life. And so I really want to dive deep and talk about this because it's something that isn't really talked about in general population, in general culture. Uh, because of the fact that alcohol is so accepted, we don't think about it as something that is stealing and destroying your potential, right? Um, we typically only associate it with that when somebody has gotten so far down the line to where they're drinking every day, drinking out of a brown paper bag, they're homeless on the street, and then we say, wow, look, alcohol took that person's life. But I will argue all day long that even if you're drinking a couple days a week, Alcohol is stealing your potential because the thing about alcohol is, is that there's no free lunch in nature. This is a quote by Tim Ferriss. He says, you cannot actively um, mess with your hormones and neurochemicals without there being an equal and opposite reaction, right? You can't, you can't drink alcohol today and have three or four drinks and make yourself artificially feel super good and secrete all this dopamine and, and play with your neurotransmitters and not expect that tomorrow your body isn't going to find a way to rebalance itself. And before it rebalance itself, rebalances itself, it tips in equal scale to the opposite direction. So if you have a middle baseline, you drink a ton of alcohol and you go up, let's say four notches and you feel really good because of all the dopamine pumping in your brain, you best believe that the next day you're going to be minus four notches before you get back to zero. And eventually, as you keep drinking alcohol long enough, that zero baseline level all, all of a sudden becomes minus one. And then it becomes minus two, and then it becomes minus three. And then it gets to the point where you're drinking multiple days per week, and you're always operating in a dopamine deficit because the alcohol is taking you up. But as soon as the alcohol immediately begins to leave your body, you're dropping back down below baseline. And if you're already at a minus one or minus two, you're dropping way below baseline. And this is when the anxiety and the depression really kicks into high gear. And this is when um, it just feels like you need alcohol to feel normal, right? You need alcohol to bring you back up to a zero or a one or a two. But the more that you drink, the more tolerance that you build, and it just becomes this deep, dark, destructive cycle that feels like you can't escape. Everything is super boring. You can't even manage to go a couple days without drinking or a week without drinking because, you know, dopamine levels start to start to dip because it's expecting that high from the alcohol. And when the alcohol isn't there, it dips you even lower. It's the same thing with any type of addiction, gambling, any sort of, um, you know, thing that can that secretes dopamine. Um, and, and Dr. Andrew Huberman, a neuroscientist from Harvard, does has a great video on YouTube about dopamine. But he talks about dopamine as a as a, is the, the the reward uh, neurotransmitter. And when you expect to get dopamine but you don't get it, your dopamine levels dip lower. And so, 
I don't want to go too deep into the science, but I really want to focus this specific podcast around around alcohol and uh, and potential, right? So how does alcohol steal your potential? Well, the thing about alcohol, and I mentioned this in one of my latest TikTok videos, is that, you know, based off of everything I've just shared, when you drink alcohol, it's not just what's happening in the moment, right? The way alcohol works and the way drugs work in general is that they make you, they alter your perceptions of self and reality and your emotional or, or, or physical state in the moment, but it happens at the expense of your future, right? And so this goes back to what Tim Ferriss was talking about. There's no free lunch. You can't take, take, take and, and not expect there to be a repercussion. So when we drink alcohol today, tomorrow we wake up feeling shitty and we have a hangover for, let's say, four to eight hours, right? Depending on how much you drink, sometimes that hangover lasts a few days, right? So your ability to be clear-headed, to make good judgments, to be proactive, to be motivated, to do all the things that are necessary and required to live an above-average life is totally diminished because neurochemically, physiologically, hormonally, on every level, your body is in pain and it's suffering from that hangover. We have to remember that alcohol is poisonous on every level to the brain to the organs to the hormones to everything it increases stress it mitigates your ability to burn fat it destroys muscle um, it's terrible for your brain and your cognitive health this whole nonsense about you know a glass of wine with dinner is good for the, the heart all those studies were lobbied and paid off by the alcohol companies Okay, look at the, the latest studies and research. No amount of alcohol is good for you. Um, now, the reality is, is that alcohol is a slow burn drug. And this is what people forget. It's kind of like cigarettes, right? You're not going to notice the problem with alcohol the first week or the first year or sometimes even the first decade, right? It isn't until you know, a couple decades go by, and this is something that you do multiple times per week, that it really starts to, to show itself. And what I mean by it being a slow burn is that it's, it's one of those things that happens and creeps in the background. So you can still go to work, you can still have a relationship, you can even still hit the gym a couple days a week, right? But you're engaging in this habit that is slowly but surely causing you to become more physically and emotionally dependent and addicted to it. And it's destroying your mental and physical and emotional health. In, in fact, all of your health, your spiritual health, your physical, your emotional. And so you end up waking up, you know, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line, 40 years down the line. And you're like, damn, what happened to my life? You know, I've spent all this time numbing and escaping and I didn't get the things done that I wanted to. I, you know, my life in the present moment is not what I expected it to be. It didn't turn out the way that I thought. And this happens to literally millions and millions and millions of people, right? Think back to when you were 15 or 18 or 12 years old, right? When you were younger before you started drinking, when you had high hopes and dreams for your life and how things would turn out, right? You expected to, to do all these things and to hit all these goals and to hit all these milestones. But literally, you know, 
alcohol is is one of the major contributing factors as to why we don't hit those things because dude when you're drinking two three days a week not to mention if you're drinking every day there is a massive massive cost to your energy levels to your mental clarity to your ability to stay consistent to your ability to execute in into your just overall tenacity in life right there's so much guilt and shame that comes from you know developing a problematic relationship with alcohol when we overdo it when we tell ourselves we're going to quit when we tell ourselves we're going to moderate when we tell ourselves we're only going to have a couple and then it it over and then we overdo it dude this is incredibly psychologically damaging and nobody's talking about it but what i'm confident about is that everybody who's doing it isn't getting like everybody feels it and like this is the conversation we need to open up all these people who you see drinking all the time, glorifying alcohol, you know, it's just so integrated into their life. You look at that and you're like, oh, well, they must not be feeling the way I'm feeling. Like, trust me, everybody feels it. Nobody can have 10 beers or eight beers and wake up the next day and feel skippy. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Um, so everybody feels it, but it's, some people just, whether it's they don't have the self-awareness, whether they are at a place in their life where maybe they have given up psychologically so they just don't care, you know, or they have too much pride, that's a big one. A lot of people have too much pride and don't want to admit that they have a problematic relationship with alcohol. Because they've developed such a deep relationship with alcohol, whether it, it's soothing their pain, whether they're addicted to the euphoria they get from the dopamine rush, whether they have so many other problems hidden deep down, stressors in life that they just are deathly afraid of confronting and dealing with, right? So the idea of, of having to confront the fact that you may have a problematic relationship with alcohol and, and this especially holds true for people who seem to have life together, right? Who are quote unquote successful by society standards. They have a house, they have a decent paying job, they have a family, they have kids, right? They have a mortgage, which by the way, all of those things are nonsense. You know, success is not defined by any of those things. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of pride. You know, and, and, and when people think about alcohol, and this comes down to the, to the fact that it's people are generally misinformed and miseducated about alcohol, right? So nobody wants to consider themselves an alcoholic. Nobody wants to, to admit that they're the one that they, that they're the person who can't moderate and control it, right? So <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of reasons there. But alcohol truly is one of the substances that's right in front of us, that's the pink elephant in the room that absolutely destroys our potential. I can't tell you how my life has transformed over the last almost two years as a result of me quitting drinking. Every area of my life has gotten better. <coughs> Excuse me. My health, my relationships, my confidence, my self-esteem, all of the things I was afraid of before in terms of... Um, all of the things I was afraid of before in terms of anxieties and, and fears I've worked through and really don't aren't afraid or anxious or afraid of them anymore. Um, my ability to, you know, 
feel my emotions, my ability to handle problems, my ability to problem solve in general, so many things, so many things have transformed and improved. And trust me, like when I was 29 years old and decided to quit drinking, like that's not an easy age to give up alcohol, right? You know, you're just finishing up your 20s, you're getting into to your 30s. So, you, you know, and, and this is everybody's thought. So you're telling me that I'm just going to have to live a boring life. I'm not going to be able to go out and have fun and go to parties and barbecues anymore. You're telling me I'm not going to be able to date and go to bars and do that whole thing. Like there's so many questions that come up during this journey that really immobilizes people. It, it makes people so terrified of trying to imagine a life without alcohol that they just, they keep kicking the can down the road and slowly but surely destroying themselves. And it's so sad because alcohol, the way it's sold to us and peddled to us is not that. It's not this thing that's slowly gonna eat your life and, and dig its tentacles and roots into every aspect of your experience. You know, and I'm not just talking about people who drink every single day, right? When somebody develops a problematic relationship with alcohol, it, they could be drinking once a week. But man, that one time a week that they're drinking, it's a big deal. And there's a lot of time spent thinking about that one day. And when they do finally drink, shit gets a little bit crazy, you know? So... I'll likely dive in on another episode about, you know, what constitutes an alcoholic? What is the spectrum of alcohol use disorder look like? What are all the different ways in which someone could have a problematic relationship with alcohol? Because I bet a lot of people are wondering, right? We think alcoholic, drinking out of a brown paper bag, drinking every single day, getting the shakes, withdrawals. Okay, if you get to that point, you're an alcoholic, you have a problem, you should go to meetings, you should get your shit figured out. But the, the reality is, is that's like a small fraction of the population who drinks. There's a much larger majority of people who drink who have a problematic relationship with it, but maybe it's not quite there yet. If you're drinking every single weekend and you can't go a weekend without alcohol, it's problematic. You know, if maybe even, you know, you go through periods where you don't drink for a month or three months, but then when you do drink, all of a sudden shit gets crazy and you're drinking and you're doing three to five day bingers, that's problematic. I don't wanna to dive too deep in, into all those things right now, but the, the reality is, is that alcohol really, really does destroy your potential. One of the first things, almost all of my clients and anybody who's gotten sober for any period of time, usually around the 30 day mark tells you, is how much more clear their mind is. When you've been drinking consistently for a long period of time, you forget what real mental clarity is because you become used to being in almost a hungover, drunken state, right? You become used to operating at 20% capacity. That becomes normal for you, and you don't even know that you're operating at 20% capacity. But once you remove the alcohol for a significant period of time, you, I mean, it's unexplainable how like it's like your brain goes into hyperdrive not in a bad way but in a way where there's clarity your ability to string together and articulate yourself your ability to hold multiple thoughts in your brain at one time your ability to problem solve your ability to focus and concentrate on a task dude it is it's absolutely life-changing and so there's so many benefits that come from not drinking but 
when we get into the mode of drinking, because of the way that it acts on our brain's dopamine receptors, and because dopamine is the molecule that scientists and doctors and, and those individuals use to determine the addictive potential of something, because it's acting on that, alcohol is incredibly addictive and we become so addicted to that rush that we get after a couple drinks. And that is addiction, folks. When you're overly focused on the rush and the euphoria and you forget about everything else, you forget about the hangover, you forget about the poor choices you're making, you're forgetting about all the money that you're spending, you're forgetting about all the things that you're saying and doing that make you feel shameful and regretful after, you're forgetting about the way that you're treating people, you're forgetting about the way that you're you know, falling um, short on your goals, you're forgetting about the way that you are letting yourself down in terms of your personal standards and expectations and moral values. You're forgetting about the commitments that you had in your life to your partner, to your kids, to your employer or to your clients. All those things fall straight out of the window because you want that rush. And so let that sink in. I don't know who's listening right now. I don't know where you found me, how you're getting to this, or what your relationship looks like with alcohol. But take that last two-minute stint that I just explained and really think about that. That is addiction, where you are willing, not even willing, like it, 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 it happens unconsciously. You're willing to put everything back seat in order to feel that dopamine rush. And so this is, this is the way we need to look at this. And, and this is why I say my TikTok is doing so well is because the way I'm approaching this whole game is different. You know, you go into traditional recovery places, rehabs, 12-step programs, <clears throat> and very few people are talking about dopamine and pe very few people are talking about the neuroscience of it and how, and the habit formation and the lifestyle and the mindset, the psychology behind these things. It's like, oh, nope, you're just an alcoholic and you're an alcoholic and it's a disease and you're just diseased and you have to look at yourself as an alcoholic every single day and you have to be in recovery for the rest of your life. It's like, whatever, dude. If that works for you and you got sober that way, great. But I know damn well there's tens of millions of people who have tried that and it doesn't work for them. Whether they don't like it, whatever. But I'll tell you, as I've taken this different approach of just let's think about this differently. What we're doing with alcohol is it's about this game of dopamine. And when you can better understand who and what you are and how this human physiological system works, how the nervous system works, how the brain works, how all these different feelings and emotions are produced based on triggers and memories and why we become the way that we are and why we can handle certain things and why we can't and better understanding trauma. Once you understand the map of the human system, it becomes so much easier to solve this problem and to crack this nut. And it's why many of my clients, almost all of them who actually commit and work the program say, this is so much easier than I've ever imagined. Not drinking is the easy part, they always tell me. And it's crazy because before, when we did our first onboarding call, 
they're like, I don't know if I could do this. I've tried so many times, I've been trying for 10 years, you know? <clears throat> so when we understand that it's about dopamine, then it's like, okay, let's, let's look at it through that lens and let's manage and create a plan and, an, and a lifestyle and a system and a program so that we can manage this aspect, the dopamine aspect, and understand the role of, of dopamine in this relationship between ourselves and how we feel in alcohol and our motivation levels and how we get dopamine from other sources and how we replenish and recover back to normal levels of dopamine. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so that's really where, where, you know, my program really digs in is, is transforming the way that you think about this problem that we find ourselves trapped in. And, and coming back to the theme of this podcast, right? Potential, potential in alcohol. You can't be consistent. You can't, it's impossible to make really solid progress. The type of progress that propels you into, into a new echelon of life, into a new level, into a new status. It's virtually impossible, okay? Maybe one out of 100,000 people can do it. Right. And so if you have a problematic relationship with alcohol, don't fucking compare yourself to anybody else. If you see Susie down the road or John down the road, who's a successful business owner and they can drink. Don't compare yourself. OK, everybody is wired differently. Everybody grew up in a different family. Everybody has different levels of uh trauma. Everybody problem solves differently. Everybody has 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 a different totally different reality, different genetics, different tendencies. Some people have alcoholism and are more predisposed to addiction. Like don't compare yourself. So the thing is you have to understand that like in order to get to the next level in life, whether it's you want to be more happier, whether it's you want to make more money, whether it's you want to have a different identity and have people view you as somebody else, somebody more confident and loving and, and, valuable. I don't know whether you want to start a side gig or a side hustle or a business or create a passion project, or you want to get into a new career field, or you want to lose 50 pounds. All of these things, these goals, dude, they take an incredible amount of time, energy, effort, and commitment. And when you're drinking a few days a week, it is impossible. Alcohol just does too much negatively to the brain and to your neurochemistry and hormones and energy levels to allow you to be consistent, right? If you want to lose 50 pounds, you have to eat well for six months at least. And every time you drink alcohol, you're eating like shit and you're, and you're eating a bunch of sugar and you're staying up till midnight and having huge meals at midnight. Like you got to stop that. Like, how do you expect to lose 50 pounds? Like you're deluding yourself. And a lot of this is about fucking being honest with yourself. And not many people in your life are going to talk to you this way and inspire you and motivate you and have a serious conversation and ask you, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I wish, I wish somebody came up and slapped me. I wish somebody who really knew about, knew me and knew what I was about and cared about me and knew what I was capable of, I wish they came up and slapped me in the face and been like, Bardia, what the fuck are you doing? That would have woken me up a little bit. You know? 
It's like, how much longer are we going to keep kicking the can down the road? There's always an excuse to keep drinking. You're not going to escape that. You're not going to win that battle, okay? And if you think you are, you're mistaken. That's an error in thinking, and that's going to destroy your organism with enough time, okay? There's always a new person getting married. There's always a new bachelorette party. There's always a, a new work party. There's always a new holiday. There's always summer coming around the corner. There's always winter, so you want to stay in and you want to drink whiskey. There's always a new golf tournament. There's always a new uh, friend, you know, having a baby shower. There's always a new barbecue. There's always a new sports team winning or losing. Dude, you can't win. You have to understand that this game of alcohol, it is a rigged game. It is an unwinnable battle. You drink too much of it in a short period of time, you're dead. Okay? You can't outdrink alcohol. There's always going to be more alcohol on the shelves. So you can't beat it. And it's just it's it's just going to keep going. The alcohol game, it, it's already running a million miles an hour. Billions of dollars are, are poured into alcohol advertising every year. <clears throat> so there's no winning. So what we need to do is look in the mirror and say, how much longer am I going to do this? A week? Am I going to go grab all the alcohol right now after this episode and fucking pour it down the drain and call someone and, and tell them I'm done? Maybe drive to an AA meeting. Maybe go to my website, fill out a form. Like, the thing, the thing you have to realize, you know, I've been in this, like, world of success and personal development for the last 15 years. I've read every book and listened to every podcast and spiritual philosophy and the subconscious and the neuroscience side and the, you know, the, the goal setting and the rewiring and the trauma and the nervous system, the whole deal, okay? The therapy. And here's, here's what I have for you, if I could distill it down, okay? The fact of the matter is all of these philosophies and strategies and toolboxes and this and that, all you have is the present moment. From the moment that you're born to the moment that you die, it's always now. And the reason we develop a problematic relationship with alcohol is because we have a fucked up relationship to the present moment. Something happens right now in the present moment where we start to feel a little anxious, a little bit uncomfortable. We start getting angry. We start getting frustrated. And we get this energy that overwhelms our body and it becomes too much to deal with because we haven't learned how to process and discharge energy through our body. And so we go drink. And so if you want to evolve your life, if you want to move into a new body, a new mind, a new version of yourself, the thing that you have to learn how to do is to rebuild a healthy relationship to the present moment because the present moment is all you ever have. Think about it. It's always now. To tomorrow when you wake up, it's now. Five minutes from now, it's going to be now. And between now and five minutes, it's going to be a thousand moments of now over and over and over and over and over again. Next week, it's going to be now. A month from now, six months from now, it's going to be right now. And so the great illusion 
of the human experience is putting things off, kicking the can down the road, thinking that somewhere in the future, in some other time, we'll feel good enough and we'll be in the right state of mind and energy to make a decision. It's dog shit. You're going to waste decades of your life if you think that way. That's an error in thinking that is produced by the brain based off of biology. It is because your whole human physiological system is designed to keep you safe and comfortable and away from danger. And so anything that goes outside of your perceived, not, not objective you know, or mine, you're perceived based on your beliefs and your perceptions. So if your perceptions and beliefs are, are altered, anything that goes outside of that safety and comfort, you're going to retract from and you're going to move away from and you're not going to do it. And you're going to procrastinate on it. But you have to understand that like, dude, you can't keep kicking the, the, the can down the road. Eventually, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to, you know, man up or woman up you're going to have to look in the mirror and make the decision. And the reality is, is that, you know, alcohol is, is one of those things that warps your perception of time and reality. Alcoholics are the best procrastinators. They're like, okay, well, let me just drink now and then I'll, I'll figure, I'll handle that thing later. You don't have to tell me about procrastination. I spend a lot of time procrastinating. But the reality is, is like, dude, if you want to change your life, you have to be willing to endure a little bit of pain, right? You have to be willing to, to go through the suck. The problem is, is our society somewhere along this line of being born and then going through the school system and what our parents taught us or didn't teach us. And then what we learned in high school and college, like somewhere down the line, Human beings like forgot about the fact that like, dude, in order to grow, in order to evolve, in order to become a better version of yourself, in order to become more valuable to yourself and to society, and in order to move up and be more happy, like you have to fucking, you have to work. And sometimes it's hard. And alcohol becomes the easy button for everybody. So I understand we all have a different reason why we drink. Some of us drink because we're avoiding something. Some of us drink because we have a lot of pain from our childhood. We went through abuse. Some of us drink because somebody divorced us. Somebody, some, somebody drinks because they lost their dream job. There's a million reasons. They're all valid, you know? Drinking is, is using a drug as a way to escape is, is not a, a good valid decision. But the pain that we're all experiencing in our own way, those things are valid. Those things are real. But it's like at some point, we're going to get to a place where we're going to be like, okay, it's time to change. We got we to we gotta fucking do it. What's the alternative? We don't. The alternative is you don't. And then things get so problematic down the line that you're forced to. And this is the difference between like, you know, this is like wisdom. This is having the foresight to see something before it happens, right? Why do we have to get to a place where there's an irreversible decision or choice? Why do we have to get to the place where 
our liver is failing before we stop? Why do we have to get to a place where we get into a car accident and hurt ourselves or hurt somebody else? Why do we have to get to a place where we destroy our marriage or our relationships or get fired from our job or drain our bank account before we wake up? Well, it's, it's because humans are more motivated by pain than they are pleasure. But this is also, this is a cognitive, this is an intellectual understanding. So if you consider yourself having some level of intellect above a rock, then it's time to truly sit down and consider that. You know? And now some people might hear that and say, Barty, that's really harsh. You don't understand addiction. Like, dude, I understand addiction. I was addicted to alcohol for 14 years. Before I, I quit drinking, I was drinking four to six bottles of wine a day and a pack of cigarettes a day every day for like six months during the pandemic. That is, that is insane volumes of alcohol. Nobody I've talked to drinks that much. And I'm not saying that as, as a badge of honor. I'm saying that because everything that I'm saying is from experience. This venture, Stop Drinking Coach, dude, if there's anything I understand more, like this is it. I lost my dad to alcoholism. He died in his sleep from alcohol poisoning. Everybody in my family's been addicted to something. I struggled and battled with this for 14 years in silence. I tried going to the 12-step programs. I tried getting a therapist. <clears throat> so I'm simply speaking from somebody who's crossed the bridge and has gotten to the other side and has spent basically my half of my life researching and learning and digging every piece of possible information I can find around the world of personal development, mindset, psychology, growth, addiction, and success. And so sometimes I'm just going to say it. I may have a harsh or aggressive tone, but dude, sometimes we fucking need that. You know, the world that we live in today is pretty soft. Everybody wants to have their opinion and nobody wants to hear anything outside of it. And nobody wants their feelings hurt. But sometimes when we get ourselves into a shitty predicament, we need somebody to fucking kick us out of it. They need to slap us around a little bit. They need to open our eyes. Because sometimes, like, we won't change if everybody around us is, is on, our, on their knees. Like, oh, oh, are you okay? Are, are you doing all right? Like, no. Have some fucking order. Have some discipline. Get angry. Look at yourself in the mirror and move from a state, change, move from a state of, of apathy and, and depression and shame up at least to anger. That's a little bit higher on the scale. Now you have some energy to work with and to use. You know, when was the last time you, you looked at your reality and your life and you got fucking angry? Anger, anger is a great uh, source of fuel. We don't want to direct our anger at, at ourselves or, or, or other people. We don't want to hurt others. But we can feel the emotion of anger and look back in our life and be like, damn, what have I been doing? What am I fucking complaining about? What am I, what am I so worried about? I'm stronger than this. I can do this. I can fucking handle this stress. Think back to a time when you were 18 or 16. Do this exercise right now. If you're not driving, if you're just at home, if you're in a comfortable place where you're not operating heavy machinery, close your eyes right now <clears throat> and think about a time where you were really confident and try to imagine 
how that felt. Could have been a time where you played sports. Could, could have been a time in college. A time where you felt solid in your own skin. And what does that feel like? Where, how do you know when you're feeling confident? Right? Do you feel it in your shoulders? Do you feel it in your chest? Does your, you know, do you kind of lift your chin? Does your neck get exposed? Do you sit up straight? Do you start breathing a little bit more deeply and, and slowly? Do you feel a sense of energy through your arms or through your, your chest or your, your stomach or your shoulders? Use this. Use this source of confidence and make a decision. Like, understand that this game of sobriety, it's rarely linear. It's rarely a straight path, right? And, and, and nobody tells us this. Nobody says, hey, when you start drinking, there's a chance that this relationship might become problematic and start taking over your life and getting in the way of everything else, and everything else is probably going to start taking a back seat. Nobody tells you that. There's no label on the bottle. It's not a disclaimer in the commercial. It just happens. There's an invisible line for all of us. And once you cross it, you're just kind of boned. Like you just got to stop. You can't really go back. Right? And it sucks. I don't fucking, I, you know, I don't want to quit drinking at 29. But it was the hard decision in the moment. But it was the absolute best fucking decision I've ever made. Right? Alcohol's easy. Who, like, who wants to quit? Right? If there was no negative effects, nobody would quit. Like, humans love dopamine. Dopamine is the reason for our evolution. Dopamine is the, the, the thing inside us that makes us feel rewarded and motivated and pushes us to strive. Those are all things that every human being appreciates. We want to be useful. We want to be valuable. We want to conquer. We want to accomplish goals. We want to level up. We want to reach your potential. We want to progress. That's all dopamine. And you can't just willy-nilly drink a bunch of stuff and just pump this stuff out. Like, it becomes problematic. You've got to earn dopamine, right? Like, the dopamine that you get from two to three drinks of alcohol is normally reserved for accomplishing some big goal in your life. Losing 50 pounds, working hard for six months and getting a raise, you know, asking out the person of your, your dreams and having them say yes and going on a date with them, you know, starting a side business and making your first sale. Like these are things that, that genuinely produce dopamine and make you feel good, but you have to work for them in three-dimensional reality. And that comes with work, that comes with sacrifice, that comes with focus, that comes with concentration, that comes with making a plan, that comes with sticking to your commitments, that comes with doing all of these things that typically are met with resistance along the way, but you have to keep overcoming them until you get the reward and then you're like, fuck yeah, we did it. But we can just go to the liquor store, to the grocery store, and we can buy a six pack for five bucks and we can feel that within seconds. Like, dude, that's a problem. And if you don't see the problem there, and you can't see how alcohol will slowly rob you of everything, like, dude, we just need to wake up, you know? We just need to wake up and see it for what it is. 
And once we start to wake up and see it for what it is, then we ask the question, okay, what is our potential now? Once we remove the alcohol from our life, we need to ask ourselves, what's our potential? Why are we here? <clears throat> and, and this is part of the reason why it's hard for people to quit or people are so fearful of stopping is because people start drinking so early on, they never begin to really learn and understand who they are, what it means to be a human. How does this human physiological system work? What do I want to accomplish? We're all carrying tons and tons of pain and trauma from our childhood that nobody ever helped us work through or address. And alcohol is the only thing that provides a source of meaning and purpose for us and floods our brain and makes us feel euphoric. So the idea of giving that up, come on. It's terrifying to a lot of people. But that's why this podcast exists, is to help you see the truth. So what happens after we remove the alcohol, then we're left to confront everything within our reality that we've been numbing and escaping and running from. And so for that, you know, it, that requires work. That requires commitment. That self-discovery process that you go through, that in of itself drives dopamine, right? Better understanding who and what you are, creating yourself, reading books, working on yourself, overcoming your anxieties, working on overcoming your fears, starting new projects, going to the gym, losing all that weight that you put on, starting to eat better, trying out new hobbies, going on hikes, trying out yoga, going on a, on a trip. Like, then we have to assess, okay, what do we want out of our life? Alcohol steals our potential by making us feel like shit, taking all our money, destroying our energy and motivation and our cognitive clarity. Okay, but now once we remove the alcohol, now we have to determine, okay, what is my potential? What is my purpose here on earth? Why am I here? And what do I want out of this experience? Let's assume you don't go to heaven, you don't get reincarnated, there isn't, you don't pop up in another universe. Let's just, for, for practicality, assume that this is your only shot at being alive. So what do you want? It's a hard question. A lot of people haven't thought about that before, but that's why you hire a sobriety or a life coach, right? It's about learning how to ask the right questions. It's about learning how to ask the right questions and then creating a system where you can take action within life that will allow you to get closer to the things that you want. And as you begin to level up in mindset, in awareness, in consciousness, you discover that we're all the creators of our reality. It's sometimes a tough pill to swallow because if we have had a hard and challenging life, filled with pain, filled with things not going our way, and somebody comes up and tells you you're the creator of your reality, you just want to tell them to fuck right off. But this is all part of the process. This is all part of the human experience. You know, we all started at that place where, you know, I know I was there. I was pointing fingers. I'm this way because of that person. I'm this way because of my mom and dad. I'm this way because of my genetics. I'm this way because whatever. This person wronged me. That person fucked me over. And so 
you know, that's what it is. Reality is a reflection of what we hold inside. It's always been that way. Great quote by Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right either way. So if you want to stay committed and continue pointing fingers, then we will continue, you will continue to persist and experience the things that you're experiencing. This just goes back to what I was talking about time earlier. Like there will come a point or there won't. Like that's kind of the sad part about this whole thing too, is that we want to assume that we'll get to a point that we're like, okay, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Let's fucking do something about this. Or there won't. Like for my dad, I would have hoped he told me a couple times he's going to quit. I would have hoped he would have gotten to that point and figured it out, but he didn't. And he just died in his sleep. So that's the other thing too, you know, but understand that it's all within your control. The world of addiction, the world that we live in today, this, this mental health thing is like, Oh, you're not in control. I don't fucking buy that. You are in control, but you have to stay committed and you have to be curious enough and you have to want it. And if you want it and you're curious enough and you're committed enough, there's a system and a process and people out there and and myself and and, and others who can help you because we all need help sometimes, especially when it comes to this alcohol game. Like this one's a tricky one, almost impossible to do it on your own. Very, very rare. You know, you take a thousand people, it's probably less than five who are, who are doing it completely on their own. So yeah, you know, I'm on, this is episode three. Um, I know I jumped around a little bit, but bear with me here. I know it's not, um, quite as, and, and maybe this is just my own perception of it. It's like. I feel like I'm starting on a topic and then I kind of go into different tangents about different things, but I feel like they're all kind of connected and relevant. So if I'm, if I'm jumping around or it's hard to follow, I apologize. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that everything that I'm delivering to you is sparking insights. All we need from a single podcast episode is one thing to click, one thing to resonate, to help us wake up and to start to break the shell that's been created and to start developing that sense of awareness so that we can take action right? Reach out to me. And that's what I want you to realize that life is about action, right? Who we become, the state of our life, all of the things that you see on the outside is a result of the actions that we take. We can sit in a cave and we can meditate for hours for six years at a time. And yeah, we'll, we'll maybe we'll feel better. We'll have developed our awareness. But once we walk out of that cave, we're just somebody wearing a, you know, a piece of cloth and that's fine. Like how you feel on the inside is super important, but within this whole sphere of what we're doing, action is really, really important, right? We can't make any changes in our life without taking massive action, right? If you want to be in a different place six months from now, you're going to have to take different actions than you've been taking the last six months or the last year. And I know that's scary. Trust me. I know how scary it can be, but, um, that's what we need to do. 
right? What is the alternative? We just wither away and die? No thanks. This is, this is the human experience, man. Life is, can be challenging. We get ourselves into predicaments without wanting to. Our parents fail. They come short. They don't teach us the things that we need us to teach. We have an asshole coach or an asshole teacher in high school, and they tell us we're never going to amount to anything. You know, we get into a relationship with the wrong person who's a narcissist and abuses us emotionally, physically. You know, it's fucked. But what are we going to do? Right? At some point, we have to make a decision. At some point, we have to realize that if it's to be, it's up to me. And we have to develop the courage, the courage to face the challenges and obstacles that are in front of us. And here's what you need to remember and realize that through this path of sobriety, whatever fear that you have about anything, life is not going to be fun. What are my friends going to think? What's going to happen to my relationships? Am I never going to be able to party again? All of those things get solved fairly quickly, right? The pain and the, the struggle that you feel the first week or two of cravings, like, dude, that doesn't last forever, okay? Two years into this, I don't think about alcohol besides the fact that this is my work. I don't think about it from a personal standpoint of I should go drink. I don't get any cravings for it in any way. Okay. I'm not going out and, and wishing I was drinking. It doesn't feel like my life is in a deficit. Life is beautiful. I can feel I have all the, the time in the world to, 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 to do things and explore things and to create things and to be a valuable person to myself and to other people. Life changes beyond your wildest imagination when you get sober. And I want you to remember that it's not as scary and as painful as it feels like in the first couple weeks. That's just your body withdrawing from a toxic compound and poison that we've been misled to believe is about having fun and partying, where in fact is not. It's a dangerous compound that destroys the functioning of your neurotransmitters. <clears throat> they heal, they recover, takes a little bit of time, but you're, you're, met, you're, you're playing with fire. Right. And so, yeah, what does life look like post alcohol? Life post alcohol is full of potential, whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you want to experience in the areas of health, wealth, relationships. Yeah, we might need to work through some stuff. We might need to work through a little bit of pain, some anxiety, some some traumas. Some you know, we might need to have a few conversations with people. There's some things that we might need to address. But trust me, once you get this alcohol monkey off your back, dude, reality opens up. You can finally start enjoying the human experience the way it's meant to be enjoyed. You can start finally creating your life and leveling up and getting the things that you've always wanted. It's all possible. So hope this episode was helpful for you. Um, we're coming in at uh, almost 52 minutes. This is the longest one I've done yet, but I don't know. I just, uh, I feel like I had a lot to express on this one. So I hope this was helpful for you. I appreciate you. If you made it to the end, thank you so much. Um, if you're enjoying my podcast so far, I would really appreciate if you could, um, you know, subscribe and, uh, leave a, leave a review. Um, 
and maybe share it with somebody, you know, share it to your social media or send it to somebody who you think might be struggling with alcohol or that you've noticed maybe drinks too much, um, just, you know, in the most respectful way. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. And I will see you in the next episode.